0: hello and welcome to the saltcast my name is ryan johnson your host and once again i've got uh jason parr danny wright and paul johnson with me welcome guys
1: hey ryan hey hey
0: it's always good to see you guys always fun to chat um even if it's about sales tax so uh. great for you guys to be here with me um so today uh, i think we can have a great discussion you know with our what's next calls we get a lot of people on the phone and a lot of times what brings them to us is um they they have heard of economic nexus they've heard of the wayfair in the supreme court and the decisions that were made there and they're worried that they may now have nexus and they may have to get registered but um as we all know what often gets overlooked is physical nexus um so um you know, with with the pandemic and and other recent developments, I thought you guys could, you know, help us understand physical nexus and and what implications uh, could be there for your, for different businesses.
1: Yeah, thank you, Ryan. You know, almost universally, we we cover a lot of questions and a lot of different issues. Some people call them problems. Um, issues related to sales tax, specifically. Um, but almost universally, the, the, the first question that we answer on a what's next call or we want to answer and that we believe every seller should ask themselves is do I have nexus? And when it comes to that question universally, um, their, their response is related to economic nexus, right? Because of Wayfair in South Dakota. Um, so that economic nexus legislation Was effective July of 2018. And then now we have seen um, every state except the Show Me State, right, has initiated some sort of uh, economic nexus legislation. And so now that's what people are thinking about, that's what they're worried about. Um, We've always said with economic nexus, the issue is um, where your customers are located, right? Prior to economic nexus, the question was, where are my operations, right? Where are my people? Where is my inventory? Uh, where are my places of business? Uh, these were questions that were pretty common to determine if you had nexus, and, and um, really the states didn't have the ability to impose their laws on you for collection and remittance um, unless you had some um, level of physical presence. and so. Anyway, I go back to the idea, most people are concerned about economic nexus, and they should be. Um, So I don't want to diminish that idea. But uh, what ends up happening is we go through the process of, do I have nexus? And, of course, economic thresholds are important. But then we begin to ask some questions about um, where their business operations are located. Uh, We ask questions about inventory. Um, For example, uh, a seller on Amazon that's fulfilled by Amazon has inventory, potentially has inventory in uh, 30 different states because of fulfillment centers and the movement of that inventory. Uh, That's sometimes not recognized or understood. And that happens quite a bit, actually. And the thing that probably um, is most important here in the last year is during the pandemic, A lot of companies, I don't know the percentage, but a lot of companies have determined that remote workforce works very well. They were forced to do it, and now a lot of them may continue to do it. Um, But one thing that might be overlooked when doing that is the fact that having an employee in another state working for your company creates sales tax nexus from a physical presence standpoint. So you could legitimately have an employee working in a state where you do not exceed the economic thresholds and you might feel like I'm good in that state, but you actually have nexus because you have an employee working in that state. And so I think that's something that we need to highlight. And I, I, for the most part, everyone needs to know if they could learn anything from this podcast is physical presence is still the law of the land and every state has a physical presence uh, law or statute um, indicating their ability to require you to register with the state for sales tax purposes and collect and remit tax on your sales of products and services. Probably Danny uh, sees more than anyone else um, in in our What's Next calls um, people who are coming to talk to us about economic nexus and then in the process of the conversation, answering the very first question that we ask, do I have nexus, Um, finds out that they potentially have physical nexus. And the reason it's a big deal is because physical nexus has been the law. And so if you have physical nexus and that was established 10 years ago, that's significantly different by way of how you uh, get compliant versus a state where you exceeded an economic threshold and their effective date was sometime in 19 or 20. Um, Significant difference in potential exposure in those types of situations and how we handle helping companies uh, get compliant. But Danny or Paul, uh, maybe you guys have an example uh, of what you've seen out there by way of this uh, hitting sellers in the
2: marketplace. Yeah, a couple interesting examples. Well, one would be more just, I'd say, a common misconception or confusion around physical nexus, like you said, being the the law of the land and, you know, as it existed for decades and and the fact that now economic nexus laws have been passed in uh, most of the states and it didn't wipe out physical nexus, right? It, it's more, I think, the way I... I it, makes sense for a lot of people to explain is that it added another layer, right? It's just another way that you can establish nexus. Mm -hmm. And one of the confusions, or uh, points of confusion that has come from that is, I talk to a lot of people that say, okay, physical nexus, you know, economic nexus, and and they, they now think that physical nexus has a threshold attached to it. So it's important to understand that, look, Physical nexus is nexus. If if you have it, there's no threshold that applies to you, right? At, at that point <laughs> that you establish physical yeah. presence, that's and a, really a nexus, your your cells are, you know, subject to tax, and you're responsible to collect that tax from your customers. So, that that's one point. Um, another issue that we see is, uh, in fact, we just talked to a a. Uh, company yesterday paul and myself on a what's next call we were discussing with them this is a company that was referred to us by a cpa and and they were pretty much ignorant like completely ignorant to uh economic nexus laws and i just say that in fact they just didn't really know about them and they didn't understand they certainly didn't understand them so we were having that conversation around economic nexus. Uh, like many e-commerce companies, they experienced tremendous growth in the last couple of years, you know, they were already on some good growth and leading up to last year. And then of course, uh, just really took off last year. So they have economic nexus in probably at least a couple dozen states. They happen to have physical presence in a particular state. It was California and, um, they moved from California a couple of years ago. And it was almost a reverse of what we commonly see where they had physical presence, they left and then they're like, "Oh good. We don't have to deal with California anymore." <laughs> However, they do about they do north of a million dollars worth of sales every year in California. Mm. So it's like, <laughs> you know, they were talking about shutting down their account and yeah, you know, being done with California and we're like, sorry guys, you're not done with California. So there are a couple key points. Um, that one was a little unique, but still that it's just, it, it hits on that concept of like, look, one or the other, right? What nexus is nexus, however you've established it, right? You, you got to uh, understand the difference between the two, but the fact that they exist and, you know, you you could have nexus in one way or another, and it's important to look at the big picture and, There's also the issues of the complexity around, uh, what we're talking about here with physical nexus and, and, uh, how remote workers relates to that. And, uh, is certainly a factor in determining that. And that that's one that's tough to dive into, uh, on a podcast like this, um, just because, you know, it's one of those where there's, you know, ambiguity, obviously there's gray area, um, it's like most things with sales tax, right? It, uh, it depends on the state, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing more discussion among the states and, uh, or within the states, and you know maybe even some legislation come across because when you have such a huge windfall, right? Such a, a large change in something that affects nexus and sales tax, like it's, uh, if we're discussing it and it's on our minds, then it's likely the states are doing the same.
1: You know, you shared something that's a good reminder for everybody. Sometimes on a What's Next call we, we have bad news to share, right? Sometimes the answer to the questions that we're, we're wanting you to have answers to um, it is, doesn't go the direction that you want it to go, right? Do I have Nexus? Um, I don't think I have Nexus in California. Well, actually you do have Nexus in California. Um, that's bad news if you think you've done what you need to do to avoid nexus. And it's, it's why we say we want to talk to everybody. But just because there's some bad news doesn't mean that it's all bad, right? The good news is we have ways to help you get set up and get compliant with our ultimate goal being to uh, limit any dollars out of pocket with penalty and interest. So our efforts are always to minimize that but get you in the right place from a compliance standpoint. Um, and that's just a good example. Paul has said over and over and over again, The most costly mistake you can make is just simply avoiding um, compliance or avoiding the subject altogether and not learning what your responsibility might be. Um, And then you you kind of broached another one, which is the other thing we see in remote workforces is the the real potential of income tax, state income tax nexus, and, um, you know, most states had some sort of uh, legislation that was passed or a moratorium on the the nexus rules around their state income tax laws uh, because of the pandemic Um, but now that companies have determined that remote workforce works for them um, I can see states uh, reversing that as we come out of the pandemic and that could create some additional um, responsibilities for companies from an income tax standpoint as well.
3: It's quite interesting as we live in St. George, at least Danny and I, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of growth in St. George. And I think it's for that very reason of remote workforces. People are realizing that they don't have to work in the big cities anymore. You know, they can work remote and that's working for them and working for companies. I think um, you know, that's going to be a much a much hotter issue going forward I mean you we were very familiar with a lot of our clients that are based out of New York that had employees that lived in New Jersey or Massachusetts or surrounding states and now because they're working there they have you know income tax nexus and income tax legislation that applies to them um, in those states where they're working and people often don't realize that because you have employees working in other states and that's established a physical nexus For you, It's established physical nexus, which requires you now to collect tax on those transactions where you may not previously have done so. But I think the other thing that, you know, Danny kind of touched on as well was um, when it comes to establishing nexus, just because you've established nexus doesn't necessarily mean you should go out and get registered right away. Um, You know, it, it makes sense. Like on that call we were on just yesterday or the day before. I mean, they established nexus 10 years ago or some... Some a large amount of time, many years ago, um, and so if they registered today, then you know they're opening themselves up under audit for the state to go back when they established Nexus. So, I mean, it's important to consider all of the pros and the cons of registering or not registering. Taking a look at taxability, taking a look at the volume of sales, what kind of sales liability you do have, um, you know. You established Nexus, but you only made three sales. So, you know, if I don't register, then, you know, I'll have to pay that tax out of my own pocket. But maybe that's worth it for you from a cost benefit analysis rather than registering and paying the fees in order to be compliant in the various states. So, yeah. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore By
1: it. By the way, that, that uh, Paul, I just want to mention that was a good catch that you made there. I, I just want the audience to know that, that Paul has. Um, <laughs> different uh measurement <laughs> metrics that are that are more ambiguous
3: this is true um, kind, of, kind of hard this is to true. identify
1: the, the two measurements that i see him use is uh buku and the bukus. pro buku's uh-huh
3: um
1: and then also uh, a skosh and uh <laughs> there can be multiple skosh in this uh, is true measurement. this is true so, these units of measurement, we don't understand, but when he uses them, <laughs> we know that he means significant or very, very minor. Uh, this
2: is true. But let's give some examples. Like, I see a picture behind Paul, or you know, maybe he's standing off to the side just a little bit of the camera. And it's like, hey, yeah. Paul, move just a skosh. Yeah. Right? Hey, like, just move, just, I mean, a just, skosh, just, move that, just a skosh. Just you move know, that picture frame. You're hanging it and you know your spouse is like uh move it just a little uh, just a skosh to the left right that's what that, that's a good example and then you guys or heard you a could great say, example of bukus you know it's like no, wait, someone has nexus going back several years i mean that's bukus
3: bukus, that's lots, amount. Of, buku's lots of years, amount of
2: years. yeah
3: <laughs> you could also move the picture just a few skoshes okay it, it's not just one skosh it's a few skoshes you know just a little bit more
1: yeah or you it could just have, have you, you know term. yeah
3: measurement but you're welcome
1: important in communicating (laughs) what you're thinking
3: i almost said bukus but then i didn't realize i don't know if people would have understood it but if in the in the context you know you could use context clues it was what i teach my daughter all the time honey you got to use context clues to understand what the words are people would be able to figure it out i'm certain yeah
1: no i saw i noticed the catch that's why i congratulated (laughs) you so that our audience could understand what you were saying versus Questioning what you might say. Brian, you better cut us off, sir.
0: Listen, I think this is the most exciting part of podcasts podcast sometimes. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I think uh, the examples you guys gave um, from What's Next call, I think, perfectly exemplifies what you can see on a What's Next call. Because um, you, can, you can search out and research everything you may need to do, and you might think that you have it figured out. But, you know, to get kind of on a call with us and get customized advice to your exact situation can be extremely helpful and help, you know, avoid any very costly mistakes. Um, But if uh, What's Next Call sounds right for you and I think it's right for everybody, uh, go ahead and schedule your time uh, down in the link below and uh, get on the call with us. Uh, it, it, It won't hurt. It can only help. And uh, once again, thank you guys so much for being on with me today. And uh, we hope to see you guys on another one.
1: Thanks, Ryan.